Hey, Pepin. Yo, yo. I've been thinking about um, sleep a lot. I like sleep, and but sometimes when I sleep, I have pictures in my head. Like dreams? Yeah. R- really? Like, like, are these disturbing pictures? Are they nice? Sometimes, unicorns? Sometimes they're disturbing because they're unicorns, and sometimes they're nice. And I, I just, I'd like to know a little bit more about them as a whole. I, I think we need to talk. Welcome back. So glad you're here. I'm here with Nathan. Hey. And uh, we brought back Chelsea for this episode. Hola. So uh, we teased it last time. We had that really awkward opening. And I think it's pretty clear what we're going to be talking about today. Unicorns. I don't know how I feel about unicorns, to be honest. Now, are these... uh, Okay, we're not... We're going to (laughs) really... I was going to take us that direction, but you know. I mean, we should talk about unicorns. So dreams. I want to start by talking about the perspective you guys dream in, because this is something that I can't wrap my head around in my own life and people think is really weird from me. Do you dream in different perspectives? I dream in third person. So you're watching yourself. I always dream in third person only. That's really cool. Um, I dream, mine's varied. I can, sometimes I'm actually different people in my dreams. So I can be myself and then I'll shoot to a different person's perspective. Then I'll shoot to another person. And I can also be the one watching everything. I remember when you told me first that you dreamed a third person. I I didn't quite believe you because that's that's pretty weird. Uh, Okay, so not only do I dream in third person... But my memories are in third person. Sounds like you're very detached from yourself. That's what I said. That's that's pretty interesting. Now, my dreams, they're in first person, I would say. But it's, it's kind of third person where you're kind of omniscient of everything. So you're in third person, but you kind of know what everything is around you. You know what's going on in your dreams. It's one of those weird things with dreams. Like, like if you have a dream and you go up to someone and you're like... You know, you know what they're gonna do. You know what's gonna happen somehow. Just you know what the future within dreams. I don't. You don't. Like, do you understand the whole concept of what's happening? You're like, oh, that person's over there because they're doing this in five minutes. Pretty much. Or someone might say something kind of ambiguous, like, "Well, there's no well there." You know that by them saying there's no well there, that they mean that uh, Jimmy died in a car accident two years ago. Yeah, 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 I know exactly what you mean. It doesn't make any sense contextually, but, you know, it it makes sense dream-wise. I can get behind that a bit more. Rather than I know where the dream is going to go in the future, that I I never really know. It usually starts off in one crazy place and ends in a completely different, completely rational place. I'm not going to say I can lucid dream, but I have had lucid dreams before. Semi-lucid might be the accurate term. And even in those, like, you have some control of your dream, but the dreams sound like still takes you wherever it wants to. It's, it's pretty annoying. It almost feels like you're in water, and you're like, I almost have control over this, but now I don't. And it's like it's like waves with lucid dreaming, I feel like. I haven't, I've never been able to have full control over a lucid dream. Steve, have you ever had lucid dreams before? No. No, I've never had any control over my dreams. 
Now, just just for the audience, lucid dreaming is when you have awareness that you're dreaming. That that's kind of like the lower level, and then you know, kind of beyond that, it's kind of controlling your dream or having influence over your dream. And it, it's really interesting. It's also very annoying if you're me. Why is that? Because my dreams used to be two or three hours long, like. And they just wouldn't stop. And I'd be semi-lucid during them. It's, it's not like I'm just experiencing something. It's kind of like I'm semi-there, semi-not. And I still have, like, some kind of choices and stuff. But the dream is kind of controlling me. Or it's the circumstances in the dream. And I, I could go on with this. We might, we might cover this later because my dreams get really fucked up sometimes. That's really cool. Do you remember them, though? Like, can you, like, recite them? So I used to keep a dream journal. And this was kind of to analyze my dreams, figure out what was going on with them. And I had this issue where the dream would often often try to keep me in the dream. So I would try to wake up because I'd realize I was dreaming. And be like, okay, I, I want to get up now. It's just kind of a little weird. Like one dream was being chased by bulls in a uh, in the Chinese market or something, which was pre- pretty like frightening. So I was trying to wake up, and then I would like wake up in my bed. And this is a common trope. And I'm like, oh, thank God I'm awake. And there was something that was a little off. And then I'm like, shit, I'm still dreaming. Then I'd wake up again, be in my bed again. And I'm like, oh, thank God. And then I'd wake up again. I'd wake up again. I'm not even kidding here. Oh, my God. And the dreams would often do this thing where they kind of, like, cut, like, uh, cut ship. or That's what I call it for some reason. But, you know, you jump cuts. So you might be dreaming about one thing. You kind of figure out you're dreaming. Okay, I'm dreaming. And then it kind of suddenly goes into another kind of whole thing. Completely separate. And you can't even realize it. It's like a, in a movie where, you know, like, you see, you see a movie or TV show. It kind of just cuts into something else. You just kind of go with it, right? And that's kind of how those were. And the more and more I recorded and analyzed my dreams, the more and more vague and weird and abstract I got to the point where I was like in hours of just kind of like these weird abstract things that I didn't ever want to experience again. So you have quantum mechanic dreams where the very act of viewing them changes them and makes them more fucked up. I'm not sure if I should groan or should be proud of you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah, they become more and more fucked up. I discovered the dreams are trying to keep me dreaming. That's really, really That's oppressive. That's scary. That's like... You yeah. have dictatorship dreams. <laughs> your, your dreams are trying to control you. They're, they're oppressive. I mean, maybe you're dreaming right now. Nate, wake up. This is a dream. Yeah, yeah then that's, that's not true. Nate, this is Steve. I'm... I'm knocking on your door. I'm here to record the podcast with Chelsea. See, you always kind of know when you're actually woken up. It's one of those weird things where, you know, when you wake up in a bed and you're kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm not dreaming anymore. Then you're like, shit, I still am dreaming. And then it happens over and over again. When you actually do wake up, it is kind of convincing. It is kind of like, okay, yeah, this is definitely the real life. Well, what's interesting is I was trying to get into lucid dreaming and I was reading about it and they always said have a reality check inside your dreams and in real life. So something that I do a lot in my real, in like my waking life is um, plug my nose and then try and breathe through my nose. Mm-hmm. And if I can't, obviously you can't do that. And um, But in your dream, reality, like normal physics doesn't relate so in your dreams you can breathe through your nose and it's a good indicator to be like oh, okay i'm dreaming um for people who want to like be active inside their lucid dreams yeah yeah um one thing i found i figured this out at the later point is at my job i have to look at the clocks a lot because you know figure out when people are leaving when people are coming in whether coffee needs to be thrown out or not so i look at the clock a lot and 
one of the whole things with lucid dreaming is, you know, check your watch a lot. Because when you look at the watch when you're dreaming, it kind of just looks a bit fuzzy. It doesn't really quite make sense to you. So I already had that kind of habit ingrained in me. And it kind of just carried over naturally to the dreams, you know, lucid dreaming kind of state. So when you wake up, you can look at like a clock and be like, oh, okay, I'm awake now. Yeah, yeah. The, one of my tropes, I don't know why it is, but it's like, th- this is often how, not often, but often enough how I figure out I'm dreaming. Like, I'll drop a dollar, and then I'll go and pick it up, and there'll be like another dollar right next to it. Oh, okay. So pick up that dollar, and then another dollar next to it, and just keep going and going and going. And- You're giving me so much fuel for how I can prank you in the future. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be like the worst prank, though. It's going to cost me a lot of money, but it's going to be worth it. I haven't figured out the payoff yet, but it might involve a unicorn. Right, right. And Nate doesn't know how he feels about unicorns. I, I really don't. To <laughs> He'd be find out pretty quick how he feels. <laughs> Especially with the trail of dollar bills led him to it. <laughs> so, what kind of experience have you had with lucid dreaming? Like any any luck? It's hard to. It's hard. Um, I feel like I've been in a spot with my dreaming recently where I'm just vaguely aware that I'm dreaming. And in the dream, I can, like, things will happen. I'll be like, hey, it's it's okay. It's just a dream. Or, like, yeah, I could do anything I want to. It's just a dream. And um, so so I haven't been quite lucid dreaming lately, but I have done it before. So what kind of dreams do you usually have, Chelsea? Are they good, bad? Mine are, well, mine are great. Um, but not, I mean, it's not like rainbows and fairy tales. It's more so a giant story arc. Like, most of my dreams have a beginning, like, a plot, a middle, and then a conclusion. Um, and it's just, like, more fun than anything to dream for me. Really? Like, it's just, like, Game of Thrones kind of? Like- kind of. Um, I recently had this one dream where, um, in the dream, I... It, it, and sometimes I'll be catapulted into completely different realities, like, in the future. So in this dream, I'm me. But I'm me in the future, and um, I'm with my partner, but he's, like, away on getting a... Pre- <laughs> he got an award for being the best person in the world. Um, was in my dream. <laughs> and so, I'm instead of going to the ceremony, I had to work on this project. Um, and we're living in California, and um, so he had to go back all the way back to Maine. And I was working on this project, and it was weird because the whole project, I'm staring at this, like, this project, and it's literally a a red ball in my hand, and I'm just, like, looking at it intensely, like, going over it with my coworker, and, and I didn't have any contact with him or anything. And then my boss comes flying down the stairs, and she's, she is a former boss that I had, um in the dream and then also in reality she's a former boss and she's like painted in this funny picture of like why i don't like her and so um and so she comes flying down down the stairs and she's like starts yelling at me to go answer the phone and as the dream progresses i'm like talking with his sister on the phone about like that he's gone missing and in the dream it just even progresses more and i'm changing to his perspective the night that he disappeared and his family walks along like this shady pier in the dark and like it's all the clouds are coming up and and it's foggy and he's like looking at them all like upset like he doesn't deserve the award and he just puts it down on the bench and he walks away 
And then the rest of my dream is I'm finding him and I'm like calling and searching and I end up in Tokyo to go find him where he's left a trail of like clues for me to find him. In my dream, I'm picking up each, each clue and I remember all this like very specifically and it goes on and on and we end up finding him. Does he want you to find him? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, and I know in my dream, I got really mad at him because I was like, you're not allowed to just leave like that. Like you have to let us know what's happening. Why are you going? And I'm having this this conversation with him after I jumped up on top of a train that's going across the ocean and I'm in like the skylight and I'm looking down at him in the crowd and like it was that was like the climax of the dream and it was like this huge confrontation and conversation and about like what happened and I never resolved it because I woke up too early but I was actually mad when I woke up I was like I woke up and I was mad at him and he didn't know it but (laughs) I was like angry I was like why would you do that and, and so those are like that's a good idea like with more detail what my dream would be usually the things i find interesting about that dream right there i mean i'm gonna go all analytical for a yeah, second yeah please do so, so it's interesting because you start off like kind of like all happy like even in your dream you won like the best person in the world mm-hmm. <laughs> right yes so, so that obviously is something about your perception of him right mm-hmm. but then he kind of goes missing and mm-hmm. he's kind of leaves and mm-hmm. you have to find him find him and then it kind of ends in an argument well so how it ended well that is how it ended but one of my friends helped me analyze this too and she said that um the relationship in general maybe it feels like um I would be I would be willing to fight for it as a relationship instead of just accepting like okay he ran away like I guess he doesn't want to be found like I took every step there was to take and I found him and like I searched for him and I found the clues and I brought people together to like do a search party and then in the end I confront him and I was like you're not allowed to just leave we have to talk and so it was yeah like it did change but I don't think the perception of my relationship changed I think it was just um, an idea of like I would be willing to fight for it. Well, yeah, yeah. So it's it's this is my theory about dreams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, to get a little, little personal here, I think dreams you can say are meaningless to some degree. So it's how you interpret it in a way, but it's also kind of your brain's kind of this kind of giving its own shit. It's like it's like you know we can how you can tell a lot about the body by you know the contents of your poop. In the mm-hmm. same way, you can tell a lot about your brain by the contents of your dreams. Mm-hmm. So dreams are your brain's shit. <laughs> it's essentially. I wish wow. that they had like a book like they do for the poop. Everyone dreams. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was the best joke ever on this podcast. It's all about no for me or for me. It's <laughs> all. So, so. But yeah, so like like you're saying, that might say some things about you and your relationship with your boyfriend, right? That you're willing to kind of go out for him and mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff, and also that it also might show maybe that you are a little bit uh, worried about him going missing, right? So it's gonna kind of reflect that as well. It could, and yeah, because dreams are so you can kind of take whatever you want out of it. Um out of any dream. And I think sometimes, you know those dream books that they have with all the dream symbolism? I used to be so into that. I used to, like, read everything. But I think it's all very personal, too. That's true. That's true. Like, a red ball could mean that I have anxiety over my future. Or it could mean that, like, I have a red ball in my hand. And that's the thing. Or, you know, maybe it's an apple. And maybe I'm thinking about the dawn of creation or whatever. And going back to the 
our conversation. I think, I think some of the ideas behind these kind of universal symbols or, you know, universal air quotes is that, you know, like with art, there's certain things we react to, you know, we're kind of built in to react to. And I think in the dreams, the same kind of thing, you know, if you see this kind of like scary kind of looking three eye tentacle kind of strap looking thing in your dream, you're going to be kind of scared of that because that's how we're kind of programmed. In a similar way, if you see something that's like nice and bright and colorful in your dreams, probably going to be happy kind of time. Did you ever hear about how like the evolution of dreaming or how children, why children have more nightmares than adults who do have nightmares? No, no, no. Um, so there's this interesting thing that I read a while ago and, you know, take from it what you will, but the idea is that evolving, um, we had to be afraid. So dreams are a way to like help prepare us for something. So, you know, to sleep on it, the phrase to sleep on it is a great phrase because it resets your brain and it helps you come up with a better solution. Um, and so back as we're evolving, they're like very scary things and things that are imprinted on our, on our minds. And so the idea of nightmares is most children are having nightmares of being chased from something, running away from something, something attacking them. And it's to like mentally prepare them for like the idea that that could happen to them and that they need to be prepared in real life. So if you're prepared in your dreams, it's one step closer to being prepared like in real life. And so that's an idea about why children have more nightmares than, than adults do. And why very specific ones. Right. I also think a lot, I've been seeing a lot of children lately and their parents and, uh, you know, other people. And it's been striking me because I see them playing like hide and seek games and kind of these other games. And to me, these are just kind of like practicing for, you know, the wild, you know, the whole chase game, chasing, you know, you got to run from this and, you know, the whole hide and seek, finding like your, uh, your prey or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's no surprise that you'd be dreaming about this. You know, practicing it in the daytime, you're dreaming about how to get better, you know, in your sleep. And, the and like, the reason why we <clears throat> have our own, like, initial reactions to everything, like, because we are preparing for to the fight-or-flight um, idea. Right. Steve, have you noticed anything with, like, recurring themes in your dreams? Uh, zombie apocalypse? Oh, yeah, we, we, we've been over this before. We have. Wow, you're very good at hitting on things that we've already talked about. I am so good about this. But, Chelsea, uh, did you know that Steve has dreams of zombie apocalypse? It felt vaguely familiar. Maybe it was, Maybe I had a dream about it. You had a dream that I have dreams about zombie apocalypse? <laughs> yeah. And then it came true. It did. Deja wow. vu. It's your fault. Sorry. It's okay. I, I'm over it. So do you have, like, different different zombie apocalypses every time or is it the same one it's uh it's primarily a feeling are you oh a feeling so yeah. do you remember can you give me any like a story well it's it's not typically a story um usually when i wake up i just wake up being like oh i just dreamed about a zombie apocalypse but i don't really know any specifics oh it's man. just like a feeling hmm yeah, my my dreams are all fucked up. <laughs> I, I just remember the feelings that the dream gave me, so I assume that that means I had a dream. If I wake up having a very strong feeling, and like it's like really vague, like okay, so that feeling came from while like ha it, it sprung up while I was sleeping. Mm -hmm. So like it's not like uh, I woke up with a feeling from before or brand new. It's like a I know that I've been feeling this for a length of time. Like people in comas wake up and they're like, I know time passed. It's like, I know I've been feeling this for a length of time and it must have been a dream. Do people in comas know that time has passed? It depends on the person. So okay. 
there are certain people who these are usually the people who recover, who do have awareness of time passing, but a lot of them don't. It's also one of those uh, we call it one of those statistical biases where people who do remember something will talk about it, where the people who don't remember anything, don't wake up, won't talk about it.、Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things as well. Hmm. Did you just say that people that don't wake up won't talk about it? <laughs> it is pointing out the obvious, but it needs to be said. <laughs> yeah. No, that no, that's <laughs> they're not part of the statistics, Nathan. No, no, they they are there. No, they're not because you can't know. But are they, or is the statistics like coma patients, and then when they wake up, they remember? Those are removed from the if if you can't be yes or no if it's undetermined, then it's not added to the sample group. A thousand people are in a coma.、Uh, all of them, but one, wake up, and all ninety nine hundred ninety nine of them are going to have an opinion on whether they felt the time passed or not. Except for that one guy who didn't wake up, who's not going to have an opinion. So you're not going to use him and say, "Oh, well, he didn't, or he did." It's it's zero. He's worth zero. The point is, the point is made. Okay. The point is made. You gotta、yeah. do this with your hands too. Well, well I, yeah, I was, I was kind of differentiating between like, like whether people are actually people, you know, because you can imagine someone maybe who never wakes up from a coma and was actually you know having awareness during their coma, right? Okay. So I was trying to include them in a way, but then it doesn't make sense when you add statistically into the the, the equation. Okay, I still don't get where you were going. So the people that, that don't,、sorry. so the people that don't wake up from their coma. Quite possibly could have experienced time passing, but we will never know because they never woke up. Right, right. But the people who do wake up and do remember something happening, you'll hear about that all the time. But、mm-hmm. the people who, let's say, the people who you know hear do experience it and don't wake up, we don't hear that. And people who do wake up and don't remember anything, we're gonna say, "Oh yeah, I didn't remember anything." What a great story!、Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a great story. <laughs> like, I have remembered nothing. You know, like the last thing I remember is that is being hit on the head and my head hurting, and then I woke up now in this hospital. And it's thirty years later, and I don't feel like I feel like I blinked. Could you imagine though that's waking up? Could you imagine waking up and realizing that that you just lost ten years or something? Ten, twenty, thirty years. Yeah, that'd be absolutely ridiculous. To me, it wouldn't. I don't know. It'd be, it'd be really hard to get used to psychologically, but like from another point of view, I'd be like, "Wow, it's almost like no time has passed."、Mm-hmm. But your body's aged. Yeah,、I'd、you went like, from being like a relatively healthy human being to like you've been in bed for thirty years. Yeah, actually, that, there's that joke where like、uh, someone wakes up from a coma and like, "Oh man, I'm awake now." Then they try to like get up and just fall and break a leg. That's a hilarious joke. <laughs> you, should, you should tell that one at the club. <laughs> I, I I will. <laughs> There's that joke. Like, <laughs> what jokes do you listen to? Stand up coma patients. <laughs> Hope they break a leg. <laughs> break a leg? No, no, not literally. <laughs> oh. So this is something that I've actually done before, and I'm not sure if Steve's. I don't think Steve has had this happen to him, but maybe Chelsea has. Have you ever like had a dream and you've had an idea in that dream, like for something artistic or something like conceptual? Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, no, Steve. It's no. a firm head shake from Steve. Nope. Like, is is that the, like the weirdest, awesomest thing that、I've, happens? Oh, it feels great because then you wake up, you're like, I have to draw that, 
And I've had I've had a lot of inspiration for my artwork from dreams or things that I've come to and been like, here's the answer. I got it. Um, a lot of it, there was a painting I was working on, and it was a, a drawing of the old Orchard Beach Pier and the surrounding areas. And for a long time, I couldn't figure out how to do this one aspect of the pier. And it was frustrating me and frustrating me. And I took a nap, and then I, like, woke up, and I, like, ran and grabbed a plate to help me be, get the perfect round shape. And that was, like, the dream that I had was, like, this is how I did it. Yeah, it's very, 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 very cool. And it's very rare for me, at least, that... I have a dream like that, and it actually not be the solution. Oh, really? Yeah, like, every once in a while, I've had a dream, and it's like, it's like, this is the solution. And then, like, I try it out in real life, and it's like, oh, that doesn't make any sense. Oh. I, I guess with the art, it's a little different. Like, uh, if you're painting something, it's like, this is the solution. Yeah, it's, it's like lines and colors, whereas probably what you're doing is more, like, mechanical and, like, nitty-gritty. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. So, I've had a crazy riff idea or two in my sleep and it's like you got to get up and start writing them down recording them it's like when i'm in that kind of half awake half sleep i'll start being able to like compose music in my head like super super easy and i can compose whole songs with orchestras and you know all this kind of stuff and of course it sounds really good to me because i'm like half asleep but i can't do that this kind of awake like this it's only like when i'm half asleep do you think there's a market for people who are half asleep and you could just write music for them and, like, it sounds awful to people who are awake and oh my God. awful to people who are asleep, I like guess. Like, drunk history. But, like, but like it's hilarious. It's, it's amazing music to half-asleep people. I, I, dude, write that down. Write that down. It's uh, recorded. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> We're literally recording right now. Okay, so I might have to cut this part out then. <laughs> so, because you don't want someone else to steal it? Let them create the market. See, the market penetrator isn't usually the one who makes the most money or does it the best. It's the people who come after follow the same model but have the time to ruminate on it and see the other's mistakes. They're the ones who end up being number one. So let somebody else make the market and then you can steal the market. Yeah, but by you saying that right now, the person that heard this and is going to make the market is probably not going to make it because of what you said. They're still going to because that's what entrepreneurs like that do is – they hear it and they're like, no, like, okay, you think you're going to come in and steal the market? Well, I'm going to do it well enough in the first place. Or like, this is such a good idea. I want to be in on it. It needs to be made. And they feel inspired and they're going to do it. So it's going to be done no matter what. And then we can just come in and steal the market. And that's exactly what we're going to do. And honestly, most people who kind of like are into business and stuff, they're they're a bit uh, about themselves. They're a little egotistical. Not in a bad way, but why are you looking me dead in the eye right now, Nate? Are you trying to say something about me? They're a bit like, yeah, you know, someone might come in after, but I'm going to do this right. I'm going to do this the best. No one's going to bait this. Yeah, that's pretty much me. Yeah. Yeah. So the most frustrating thing for me when it comes to uh, dreams is the fact that they're in third person and that my memories are in third person. So a lot of times I have this issue where I don't remember if something, if a memory that I have is a dream or if it's real. Oh my God. So this reminds me of when I was like five and six years old where I would have these dreams that I could fly, right? And obviously when I was awake, I didn't actually think I could fly. I never like jumped out of buildings and stuff, but in the back of my head, I still thought I could fly. I had similar experience, but breathing underwater, 
And so I have dreams where I can breathe underwater and, like, be very easy. And sometimes when I'm underwater, I'm like, yeah, I can breathe, but you can't. (laughs) (laughs) Is there any particular experience that you had, like, where it's kind of mismatched like that? Well, it's most – it's really frustrating because it's not like – like, okay, this one time this thing happened, it's like all of my memories from a, the the further back they go, the more foggy they are. So I don't know. I'm unsure about 100% of my memories because all of them could be dreams or all of them could be real. But chances are it's probably pretty close to 50-50. So half of my life is dream. And I think it's my real life. And it's just completely made up. So you can just, like, say something and someone could be like, no, that's not true. That didn't happen. And you'd be like, well, I'm pretty sure it did. Yeah. And that. so if you want something that's that's very story-oriented, I wrote a paper about um, the the day that my parents finally, like, split up. And I was, I was very young. Um, prof, what's first grade? Six? Seven. Seven? So I was, like, six or seven. And... And I vividly remember the whole day, things that were said, what was going on. There was a peanut butter sandwich involved. And I wrote this all down and my dad read it and he's like, Stephen, none of this happened. So that brings up a really great point. I once did a project on memory um, and how memory works is every single time that we have a memory, your neurons take a different path to get there, therefore altering that memory just the slightest. So the things that we're remembering from our childhood might not be correct at all. You're like, I might be remembering having a red Flintstone car with a yellow cap, but it very well could have been a yellow pl- Flintstone car with a red cap, and I could have had like a toy bunny, not a toy bear that I loved. And every single time you recall the memories, they change just a little bit. So I wonder if your, your like, process of remembering is just expedited to just changing it. Well, I feel like it's not circumstantial things like that. Like, it's not like he was like, that was a turkey sandwich, not a peanut butter. The whole story's <laughs> wrong. It was like, Stephen, you weren't even there. Like, you, like, you just completely fabricated this thing completely. But so, like, did the things happen that you said happened in the story? I wouldn't know. I wasn't there. But did your your dad, like, what I mean is, like, if you weren't even there, couldn't your dad cooperate that something like that did happen? Would that be relevant? Because then that's just me making, unless you're implying that at some point he told me this and I'm just kind of pieced it together. Or you're just psychic and you came up with it yourself. Possible, but I don't think so. He said that it happened different. Hmm. I think the other question to ask would be, you know, with your dad, is his memory correct you know because maybe you had the memory and your memory was correct but then you know he, he doesn't remember it himself and then so he says no no steve that that's not true at all there's also the option that he's lying yeah that's also that one as well because everybody lies damn it damn it we were in a house in that uh, that memory so oh full circle all the way around right back to house i i kind of have this weird problem where I take other people's memories sometimes and I make them my own. So there's been a few stories Steve has told me. And then years later, I think that story's about me and I, that actually happened to me. It's like, then I'm like, no, no, that was that, that happened to Steve. That just shows how deep and personal our bond is. I, I, I guess that so. when something happens to me, you empathize so well that you feel that it happened to you. Oh, shit, man. So you guys are just really connected. Yeah, it's it's meant to be. 
I don't think we've ever really touched each other though. Like we didn't, we didn't even like uh, bro fist. <laughs> You're phrasing there. Um, <laughs> leave something to be desired. Well, you know, I'm right here, Steve. Well, we're in a position where I can't really get down on one knee, so... Okay, okay. We'll... Another podcast. That'll yeah. happen. And check out the uh, pics on Snapchat. Yeah, but that is interesting, and... It's, it's like, kind of... I feel in a way, we kind of model people as well, because this is what I find interesting about dreams. Like, Chelsea, you were talking about having a dream of your boss, right? Mm-hmm. And would you say your boss was acting pretty much normal in that dream? I would say she was acting like a, um exaggerated version of herself, or at least my perception of, like, her. Right. So, so in a way, you kind of have your boss in your head somewhere. Mm-hmm. And your mind can recreate how she acts and how she talks and how she does all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Which is very, very fascinating to me. Like, mm-hmm. Like, we have all these people kind of in our head, and we have to, like, a it's like kind of a simple model of, a, of them. And... We can kind of pull it out if we need to. And I think the best example of this is, like, our parents. Like, we have a very good model of our parents in our head. To say and what not to say to our parents. And I don't think I've ever had a dream of my mom in it. I was going to say, I don't know if I've... I've dreamed about my mother twice in recent past. But each time she was not herself, she was, like, some other entity. It's kind of weird because, you know, at least granted what I said was kind of, like, somewhat valid. The fact that our parents don't... At least with us, our parents don't really arrive in our dreams very much. It's kind of antithetical. Mm-hmm. Do you notice if you're spending a lot of time with like a, a person that they'll end up in your dreams more? Yeah, but also I find just random people in my dreams sometimes that I've never seen or not never seen. I, I never see it at all. So it might be like, for instance, there's a friend I had, uh, call him Zach, and he just showed up in one of my dreams, and he has a big character in it. Oh, was he? Was that Zach? Yeah, yeah, it was Zach. Oh, okay. I, I know Zach. And it's really kind of weird because it's like, why Why was he my dream? Was the, why, why? I wonder, um... <laughs> Nate brings up, brings up a friend in his dream and he just like, gives him a fake name, even though <laughs> there's nothing like offensive or like, it's just a first name. Like, why'd you have to change the first name? The only per- people who might know who you're talking about is me, and that's p- unless it's somebody that Chelsea knows too. Well, it wasn't that I made up a name. Well, okay, I did make up a name, but you it's did. because I couldn't remember the person who I had a dream about. Like I, <laughs> you couldn't remember the <laughs> real name. You didn't want them to be offended. <laughs> like uh, we'll just call him Zach. Cause I don't know what his real name is. Uh, okay, it's it's Greg. Oh, Greg. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that that wasn't made up at all. <laughs> Sorry, Chelsea, go on. No, it's fine. Um, it's so we're talking about your. So you say that we already have a very um, solid picture of who our parents are. What if that means we don't have to dream about them anymore because we're not trying to figure out who they are anymore? So all the new people that come into our lives and all the strangers that come into our dreams. What if that's our brain just trying to analyze this person in different situations that may or may not happen in the world? I. Th- think that's actually pretty good it's it's like after a certain point you stop dreaming about being chased mm-hmm. and after a certain point you stop playing hide and seek mm-hmm. 
in a similar way, I think that's completely true. Like, maybe our younger dreams are about our parents. Actually, I can remember some of my youngest dreams are about my parents. Yeah, because I think you're still trying to figure out. And also, they're your whole world between the ages of born to, like, at least 14. You know, mm-hmm. that is what you exist in. And so, of course, like, you're trying to figure it out and dream about it, analyze it, and, like, um, understand your parents. Some memories are flooding back right now, and I'm just remembering all my dreams of my parents when I was younger was not being able to find my parents. Mm, mm-hmm. And I could definitely see the evolutionary advantage in that, because if you can't find your parents and you're a little kid, it's not likely anybody else is going to take care of you. Yeah, you've lost your life. Your parents are, like, that's a lot of the phenomenon when, um, like, children are abandoned at a young age, where they for the rest of their lives have lost that one step to make them more of a stable human being because their their parents were are that step whereas if a kid lost their parents at say the age of like 12 or 13 they're going to be able to they're going to be able to like get back on their feet easier because they had that solid ground of parents so losing your parents is like a death sentence to a child right right and I think you're going somewhere else with that. Well, I had an idea, and this is something that I think all of you can talk about because um, this is about dreams, and it's, I want to, okay. Um, when I was younger, I used to have this dream, and I, it was a large, a very tall man with long, um, like, gangly arms and, like, long, long fingertips wearing a trench coat and a top hat, and he would chase me around my friend Maddie's house. And so he would chase me around the first floor, up the stairs, back down the stairs, then down to the basement, then back up and around. And I remember I'd have this room over and over again. And it wouldn't scare me. It was just like I, I would see people from, like, different parts of my life, like, on the sidelines, too, like, being like, oh, hey, Chelsea, as I'm running. Um, but then one day I'm, I think I'm in a different state with my father. No, we're playing Monopoly. Um, at my house, and he starts telling me about a dream that he used to have when he was a kid. And it was a dream of a tall man with a top hat, trench coat, long gangling arms and fingers who would chase him around the first, store, the first floor, upstairs, downstairs, into a basement, and around again. And then he told me that his brother had the same exact dream. So I've researched this. I can't find anything about generational dreaming, but I wanted to know your your take on it so, so what do you my generation generational like my dad my dad has had the dream i had the dream and my brother had his brother had a dream um and none of us knew that each other was having the dream until one day like when i got older i told my dad told me that he had it when he was a kid and then i was like oh my god i had it and then his brother never told him about it until one day like they're adults and they're like oh yeah i had this dream one time it was weird hmm I would consider myself a skeptic. Mm-hmm. Uh, open to it, of course, but I think there's a lot. So there's this magician guy. He's a mentalist type guy who I follow, and he has he actually has a trick he does where he'll kind of uh, get people to tell them about a dream they had, and you know the people will tell him the dream and blah blah blah, and then. He'll have people like tell tell him the same story and over and over again, and I could see that being a very psychological thing. So obviously he's used to using psychological psychological techniques to get people to say what he wants them to say, or to tell them about a dream they actually didn't have. Mm-hmm. So in a similar way, I, I think that'd have to be tested for me to actually believe in it. But it's it, I don't know, it's not, it could be possible though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I wonder um, if it's maybe something that. 
was told to me when I was younger, and I never knew about it. Like, subconsciously, I took it in. But then it came out when I was older, and I was like, oh, yeah, like, this is, like, an original thing that I dreamt. Or maybe it was just an idea that was put in my head. Right. Or it could even be, like, a genetic moment to one to some degree, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe an aversion to tall men and top hats with, you know, dangly fingers. <laughs> Steve, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I guess the, the first thing I thought was that... Uh, maybe you were appropriating the dream and uh, it was so vivid for you that when it was being told to you, it was it, it kind of like deja vu-ish. Like it, it immediately became a part of your memory and then you're like, oh, yeah, I had that same dream even though it was just you recreating it as he was saying it type of thing. Um, but, you know, I – I don't even believe that on on my own side. I think that it, if you're if you're telling me that your father said that, and then you remember having that same dream, um, I think that really happened. And the reason is, you know, one way it's it comes from somewhere, um, be it you know passed down through genes somehow, or be it something that happened collectively to all of you in your life, or. Um, an aversion to guys with long fingers and top hats like Slash. The dream gene. Yeah, exactly. That's brilliant. <laughs> it's going to be a new book. But uh, so something I was thinking about is, I mean, this is kind of interesting with dreams, is uh, different cultures actually see dreams as being different. So uh, I've been studying Spanish, which we've kind of touched upon in the previous podcast. And... What's interesting in Spanish is, in English we say, let's say I wanted to say I had a dream about you, Steve, right? So I had a dream about you. That's how I say it, right? Now, if in Spanish, what I say is, uh, tengo un sueño contigo. And I'm probably butchering that, but... With me. I had a dream with you. And this is not in the sense of, like, like I had a dream of you. It's, I had a dream with you. Like, as if you were in my dream with me experiencing it myself. Like and it was a team activity. Yes, yes, like, almost like we were sleeping together. Again? You folded into my dream, and we actually had a dream together. Like, we are co- cooperating. It's actually you. I'll follow you anywhere. And this is, this is interesting, because this is how they saw our dreams in this, back in the day. This is maybe from Latin, or maybe from uh, some other kind of place, but they still have it in the language with Spanish, whereas we don't. I used to hang out with a person who swore to me that he could dreamscape like that, follow into other people's dreams, and, like... Not manipulate their dreams, but be a part of their dreams and observe their dreams. And so that was... like. Could he prove it? He can't prove that. What a bitch. <laughs> How can you not? If you're like, I can go into people's dreams and manipulate them. Okay, then do it to me. Oddly enough, he did show up in one of my dreams as a floating head and talk to me. <laughs> so... <laughs> well, um, in a way, you can always prove stuff with the language, right? Mm-hmm. And language is a pretty interesting topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe that's something we might need to talk about. Maybe it is. Maybe we need to talk. Yeah, we can redo that if you want. <laughs> you can stop the recording now. So Chelsea, uh, you're quite into art and stuff, and I heard you actually have a website where you off some of your work i do this is actually new stuff in becoming an artist and doing these things so um you can find me on www.letthebirdflyagain.wix.com oh wix that's a great site we should they should really promote us but i've actually been on the site like it's awesome you have so much awesome work up there 
And I, if anybody likes this podcast, has any interest in art at all, you should definitely, at very least, go to the website, check it out. And if you like what you see, how can they can they get in contact with you? Do you yeah, there's a contact section on the website. Um, essentially, this is going to be a blog and a point for me to sell my photography and my artwork that I'll be doing as I'm going through college. Um, so it'll be a commentary on what's happening in my life and what my take on the work that I'm doing. So I want every work to be have a purpose and a meaning behind it. So there'll be a lot of commentary on there. You can have all my contact information on the website. Um, and then you can also follow me on Instagram at Let the Bird Fly. So not only they're getting high quality, up and coming work from an artist who's starting out her career and actually not even starting out at this point, but really progressing it quite far. But they're also supporting you in your higher education goals, as well as, you know, being able to meet your basic needs as a human being. Exactly. Helping you guys can personally help me get through college. That's absolutely amazing. And you know what? If you were ever going to support anybody, it, fuck your child. Like, you should just take a look at Chelsea's stuff because it's actually really good. Thank you. So if you're driving and you didn't quite catch that and you want to check it out, it'll be right in the description. Scroll on it and it'll go right to the site. Right to the site. There's nothing better than being able to click on something that takes you right where you wanted to be and then you can spend money. <laughs> and then you can let me know that you heard about me through these guys on We Need to Talk. Wow, that was awesome. You promoted us back. Yeah, I did. 